Inside Fashion Marketing, the podcast that gives you the tools you need to build your brand, grow your business, and connect to customers on Zalando. Snackable inspiration for fashion, beauty, and lifestyle brands. By Zalando Marketing Services, Zalando's 360-degree marketing unit. Hello, hello. Welcome, dear listeners. Great to have you on the show. I'm Andreas Antrop. I'm the SVP of Partner Services at Zalando and Managing Director of Zalando Marketing Services, helping connect fashion, lifestyle and beauty brands and retailers to consumers all over Europe. Here's a little fact that I only recently found out. Did you know that people were already wearing Levi's jeans in 1873? That's right. Levi's Fabo One jeans came out before well, most of our grandparents were even born. Evidently, Levi's has a long and extremely influential history in the denim category, and they are certainly experts when it comes to creating a strong brand and iconic pieces. Here to talk to me about Levi's' approach to branding and its recent 501 Icons campaign is Christian Weiss, Marketing Director North Europe at Levi's Strauss Co. So Christian, as I just mentioned, the Levi's 501 are pretty historic. I'm curious, what was your first pair of Levi's? When did you get them? 1905? <laughs> That's, by the way, a typical Levi's question. Everybody of us should have a kind of a 501 story, and I indeed have one, even if I wasn't uh, really aware, because I grew up in East Germany, and East Germany was maybe not blessed with this Western goods. But we had friends in the Western part of Germany, and then we also always got this kind of used garment packages, which we called Westpaket. And... Uh, Once I received the package and there was a 501 jean in it, a used one, and I was really happy to have it, but I didn't even realize it's a 501. It was simply for me, basically, a jean from the West, and I really appreciated to wear a jean of the West. That was my first 501 in, I think it was back in 1987 or something like that. I've been thinking, when did I have my first pair of Levi's? Well, it must have been somewhere in the 90s. Can't pinpoint it more clearly, but I recall I was a pretty nerdy kid and I grew up in the countryside and I think jeans was my way of trying to, you know, catch up to the trendy, the in guys in class. Well, let me spare you the story whether that worked or not. <laughs> yeah? But that's, that's the role it played. Very good. So I, I have to say, I find this, this long history of this piece in particular very amazing. Right? So over 100 years of being an iconic piece of, of clothing, I wonder, how do you keep it relevant generation to generation to generation? Yeah. What's the secret? First of all, it's nearly one, one and a half centuries, which is really pretty amazing. Next year, we are celebrating also together with Salando, we hope, uh, our 150th anniversary of the 501. We are the inventor of denim and all the jeans that are worn out there are in a way either Levi's or a copy of it which we absolutely appreciate and we love all the copies because it somehow is a very important category. Uh, how did we keep it um, relevant? I think it's an interesting journey to always stick to the maybe authentic aesthetic of the gene, which is maybe very important. So we don't change it massively. We adopt it a little bit to the zeitgeist, if you will. So in the 90s, you have worn it a bit higher. You may remember back in the days in the countryside. And now in the 2020s, maybe 
it's a little bit lower and a bit more, bit more relaxed or stuff like that. But in general, the overarching fit hasn't changed at all. So there, there was always little adjustments that made it relevant, and also the communication around it was always adapted to to this target group that changed over the over the centuries. And maybe this is two reasons why it's stayed relevant so far. Thanks for sharing that. Even though, Christian, I have the feeling there's a bit of secret sauce that you are not sharing here. But uh, let's let's talk a bit about, you, you said all the denim is copy. And in such a market, you know, how do you keep differentiating? I think you're not alone as a brand to have essentially created a, a category and then have that category, of course, you know, filling up with competitors. How do you stick out still? Yeah. I think this goes really back to this, what I said about the 501. I think there are three ingredients that are important here. It's indeed the aesthetic, the, the five-pocket look. This is what we keep over the years and this is what we are not changing. So you will never find a sixth pocket or you will never find some fancy, super useless thingies on it. So normally our DNA is quite understated, simple. Uh, you live in Levi's, it's very effortless. The second ingredient, for sure, is the values we are after. So we are a very inclusive, very, very open, never exclusive brand that stands for values. And we keep these values and we um, somehow reactivate these values uh, year on year. Best example, at the moment, we have all the pride parades going on all over Germany. This is a real important time for us, for our Pride collection, where we're giving back to the Pride community. And we are doing this, I think, for 30 years or something like that. And the third ingredient, for sure, is our history or legacy. As the inventor of a category, we have something to say. And we are the, the industry leader in a lot of production processes, in our distribution processes. There's a lot of things that we that we do for this category, not only towards consumers, but also how we are producing our, our products. And these three ingredients, aesthetic, values, and legacy, differentiate us clearly from all the other brands, even if the competition is absolutely up, up to speed and it's a hard competition. But... If we stick to these three things, we have a good chance to survive for another 150 years. Let's talk again in 150 years. <laughs> yes. I wonder, you know, if you say you take these three things as constants and then you, you market these constants and you score the shifting, I mean, you know, as generations grow up, uh, the shifting target audiences, how do you define what the right target audience is year after year? I tell you a little secret now, because um, we defined a kind of a role for Salando for us as Levi's. So we took your vision and somehow translated this into how we see you and how we want to collaborate with you. And the role that we see for Salando is you are our amplifier, because Salando is so big and has such a high reach in a very different target groups. We can actually, our key product stories and our key stories, we can amplify with you the best. So this is what we what we think is a very proper role for, for Zalando. And this also means that we go after a very different target group because everybody is on Zalando. Uh, and we see or we know from numbers that we have around about 70% of Gen Z that is buying Levi's on Zalando. And around about 40 to 45% is between 25 and 34, call them millennials, that are buying device products. And it's 
slightly more women than men, 60-40%. So we did a bit of analysis to understand who is there. And our key campaigns are often targeted to the biggest group that we are uh, somehow reaching on, on Zalando, which is the millennial with this split of women more than men. But if we have dedicated products like Levi's Skate or like products that are more youth uh, um, targeting, then for sure we target these campaigns towards this target group. We have uh, according assets, content and product shots that we can reach this target. So it's really playing with your power in the markets and find the right people that, that connect with our brand. And I am absolutely sure that we have potential there. I think there's not yet everyone reached that we could reach. So we have still a huge playground for the future for the 150 years to come. <laughs> I like that uh, playground picture. I wonder, perhaps we can uh, dive into this playground a bit. I know you, you recently pulled off an, a pretty amazing campaign. I think we, call, we called, what is it, 501 Icons, can it be? Yep. So I wonder, can you tell us a bit, you know, what you just outlined, what that looks like with this concrete example? Yeah. So our strategy as a brand is to lead towards the 150th anniversary of the 501 next year, which is a big moment for us as a brand and also in a way for the apparel industry because, as I said, it's a category that we invented and it's a huge commercial play in any way. So we want to build up towards this uh, anniversary that is going to happen next May uh, 20th in 2023. So we, we built a campaign for 22 which already started very early. So our birthday is the 20th of May every year, as you can imagine. Uh, but we said we need to we need to really make an, a big impact and we really need to lead up to this uh, 149th uh, birthday already. And so we started a campaign that we split it in several phases where we had a kind of a pre-launch phase where we purely focused women um, as the most fashion relevant um, and introduced the 501 to them again, if you will, uh, in, in the beginning of the year, which was around about Feb to mid-March. Then we launched the full campaign. It was a global, global launch, not only on Zalando, but uh, across uh, all markets, across all channels, including our own DTC channel, including any other partner. We launched uh, mid of, of March, um, the global 501 campaign that was featuring big talents. I'll come to this later. So really a big start. We pushed it through, I think, four weeks or something like that. And then we stepped into another phase, the sustain phase, which was a little bit smaller, so to speak. So after the pre-launch, then there was a big bang with the launch. And then we had a slightly smaller sustain campaign. And then we moved into the 501 uh, May, if you will. So the full May was our celebration month of the birthday. And then we did another on top uh, uh, phase where we uh, extended also to set plus and stuff like that. So we really made an impact around the 501 with a special product and other influencers that helped us to communicate that. So that was the campaign. And then there was a kind of a extension after 501 day. And by mid of June, we were done with this or exactly by 24th of June. So really proper four and a half months fully on this product, fully on this aesthetic of a 501, the fit, 
the straight fit is maybe the biggest hype in denim industry for this year. And to emphasize communication around the iconic straight fit was reason enough to, to start this already in Feb and push it through four and a half months. I would particularly like these, you know, this simple framework for the teams involved or the faces. I think that makes things uh, much easier to align and to think straight yeah. across the different people who are involved. I wonder, perhaps you can step back a bit and recapitulate what the, the objectives were mm -hmm. and, and how the, the campaign delivered against those. So the objectives, always an interesting one. Um, when you look at a pure player like Zalando, normally you would say it's about sell out, so drive purchase. With you, it's a bit different. So I think you have the power to deliver awareness as well as consideration. So objectives were exactly on that. So we wanted to make people aware and we wanted to drive consideration to buy uh, the iconic straight fit because it was, as you know, in the past often the skinny, the slims and all these kind of fits. And now we need to, uh, in a way, educate people uh, and to inspire even more that this gene is the must-have for your closet. And if you don't have it on Zalando, you can also get it. I think that was clearly the objective. And then for sure, seller. There was a lot of sell-in. Commercial guys went crazy and you know the stories. And then uh, we had the duty to support. And I think we were quite successful in delivering. Would you like to point out any particular KPI? Yes. I did my homework. Oh, mm -hmm. curious. Yeah, I have some media KPIs. And um, I think we delivered over this four and a half months quite great media results, I have to, I have to admit. So we delivered nearly 87 million impressions together with you. And this normally, when you ask a media agency and they tell you, hey, this is 87 million, then it's always like, okay, You have to deduct 50% and then you are getting to the relevant numbers because they often tell cross numbers. This is 87 million in a, in a highly affine target group. So it's really a great result. I think this is one thing to point out. Uh, the second thing, we had um, an amazing conversion rate, which is a key KPI for, for us. It was around about 11%. And even our ROAS over this long period and with this I would say decent investment is around about 11 which is actually a very good number also to somehow convince our finance people at Levi's that this investment was absolutely worth it that's exceptionally high I yeah absolutely that's absolutely high. yeah Yeah. Well, that really resonated particularly with the, the consumer. I also heard the actual 501 day mm. that also, you know, landed well with the consumer. Mm. Um, Bess, you tell us a bit more on what you did there. Yeah, this 501 day is always pain and fun in one, I would say for us, because uh, to make an effort to have a global uh, celebration is not only due to different time zones super difficult but also uh, different perceptions of the brand across the globe but still we were able to contract a lot of interesting people that help us um, promoting the 501 not only for the 501 month already before um, so we have a long-term relationship with Hayley Bieber who is always delivering amazing not only pictures but also results and, and 
consumers and especially women are absolutely relating to her and, and really responding positively when, when we put this kind of assets out there. Uh, we had other uh, amazing talents that are maybe a bit more edgy, like Peggy Goo, uh, or a bit more from different worlds, like uh, Marcus Rashford, a footballer uh, from Manchester, really great guy, but he is known for his good football, but even more for his um, activities to communities. So he's really taking care of people. Uh, and those people showed the 501 and helped us to promote them. And in 501 May, we updated this campaign with uh, new shots. We added a uh, special collection, which was actually available on levi.com and on Zalando, nowhere else. And this has been launched on the 501 day on Peggy Goo for the Z Plus community. Really great campaign with uh, a kind of edgy approach. Maybe, and I can be transparent, maybe not the biggest commercial success because it's a very special product, but definitely a, a halo bringer for, for the brand because this is something that, that you always need. When you were asking me about what was the success of the 501, it was always this kind of disruptive things that that made the 501 cool again and the people that love it for years were somehow reassured yes i'm wearing a cool product still and the ones that don't know it started to consider it so i think it, you need these moments in time and i think we had this moment in time with with salando and uh and z plus and peggy um and it was in was quite amazing and i love the product it's really really cool um so I think this this made this 501 day 2022 quite special. That's an important insight that you just shared there with the, um, uh, you know, touching on the, the regulars with the same message as the, the newcomers. Yeah. And I think that's an important one. Can you share a, a sneak peek perhaps into what's up and coming? Yeah, there's something big coming. Um, so yeah, we are we are preparing Zalando brand days together for September. We created a little sub collection for you. We have again great talents that help us uh, promoting it. This will be on in September 2022. Motto is going to be "It's our tomorrow." Super excited! A lot of work. Uh, great collaboration with the ZMS team and the Zalando teams here. Uh, but I think this is indeed our next big, big thing for, for this year. Exciting. Now, unfortunately, we're nearing the end of the conversation. So I'd like to ask, what would you say for our listeners? What are the top takeaways in creating, you know, captivating branding campaigns around a strategic product? I used to say three things always, and I have also three things here. Uh, I think one thing you always have to keep in mind and consider is that you know your audience. Who are you talking to uh, on Zalando? When you when you plan a campaign, when you plan an activation, when you plan any initiative, be specific in, in, in uh, analyzing this audience and um, create a campaign that is meaningful for these people. I think this is takeaway number one. Takeaway number two, it's nothing surprising, is you need to add a value with your offer to these people. So it's really uh, not somehow um, communicating things that are meaningless, but 
if they get something from you, it should add something to their lives, to their values, to their experiences, to how they look and feel, add something to it. And uh, the third thing is make it relevant. It should always be a kind of a, a relevant uh, uh, element in it. It shouldn't be too sophisticated that everybody's wondering what else this is, and it shouldn't be too, too uh, I would say, too simple that people don't get the point. I think it should always be a relevant element in it. And if you put these three things together, know your audience, add value, and make it relevant, I think then it's a good starting point for a successful campaign. These are great actual insights, Christian. Thank you so much. And thank you for the time you took for us today. And dear listeners, if you're looking for more info, we've dropped some useful links in the show notes of the episode. Make sure to check them out. Thank you also for tuning in. And if you liked the episode, as always, do hit subscribe. We'll have more wisdom to come from our top marketeers across the partner base in just about two weeks' time. Thank you and bye-bye.